So let's uh, finish the Mimer today. Um, so we are holding on page 28, uh, the second column, the word Amnam is where we left off, which is about uh, probably about 15 lines from the bottom of the page. First word in the line is Achesed. So today we're going to dedicate the class to the art site of Leib ben David Nassen. So I have an Aliyah. Okay, so it says like this. We, we left off with two questions that we have to still, uh, we still have to deal with. Question number one that we have to deal with, which we'll deal with right now, is how come by the actual going out of Mitzrayim, they only ate matzah for one day? However, we just got through saying in yesterday's class how important it was to eat matzahs all the six days. And by eating the matzahs all the six days, we are going to draw down this energy that will be able to have the great, great hamshacha of the seventh day of Pesach, namely of Kriyos Yamsuf. That's our first question that we have to deal with. The second question that we have to deal with was something that we mentioned all the way in the beginning of the Mimer, is this anomaly that when it talks about the seventh day of Pesach, it says, right, it'll be an atzeres Hashem Elokecha. So we already discussed the idea of Hashem Elokecha, earlier in, uh, in this column, but we didn't contrast it with what it says about Shemini Atzeres when it says over there, it's an Atzeres Lachem. So we have to see what, what is that all about. So let's start with the first question first. It says like this, Amnam, Pesach Mitzrayim, Lefisha Haya Etzlam Moshe Ba'aram Bezayin Anneyakabod. So we are contrasting here and we're saying that there's a big distinction between our Pesach of nowadays and the Pesach of 3,000 XXX amount of years ago. That at the end of the day, the Pesach that they had all those years ago, they had Moshe Rabbeinu, they had Aaron. They had the Zion, the seven clouds of glory. So, So even without the eating of the matzah, meaning eating of the matzah for the six, other, six days, they were able to draw down that they were able to draw down that original, uh, that original revelation that happened on the first day for all the seven days. In other words, because they had these, because they had Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron, right, which is talking about different levels in uh, levels of Chachma, and talking about in Kabbalah, it talks about the different levels that this refers to, and <coughs> the idea of Makif and the idea of different things like that that were taking place back then. Right? So therefore, they did not have to have the whole concept of only eating matzahs and not having any hummus for all the seven days. Which is not the case with us. With us, since we do not, unfortunately, have uh, this right now. So therefore, by us eating the matzahs, that's how we are able to, uh, that's how we are able to, in fact, draw down this energy. Okay. Now, what about the second question? So now we have to understand why it says here, it'll be for you. Right? So we already explained that idea of this idea of a connecting of the names, this unity that took place. But why Dafka? Why specifically? Don't we say, Lachem, it is be an atzeres for you. 
Also, Vlama Lone Markan Lachem Gamkin, right? Or why doesn't we all why don't we also say Lachem here also? But you van Zebahektim Oid Inyan Achad. So we'll understand this by explaining another concept, which is also a very unusual concept. Right? We have two ways of saying hollow. Right? One is a full hollow, which we say, right, all throughout Sukkot. We say it on Shavuos. And an unusual thing happens on Pesach. On Pesach, we say the full halal the first day or the first two days here in, in Chutz Laaretz, right? But the rest of the time, we only say a half halal. So the question comes out, what is this? Like, what, what, that's such a strange thing that we only say half halal during, you know, like, this is one of the Shalosh Regalim. Why aren't we saying it the whole time? So this is what the Rebbe addresses now. Why is it that we don't, <coughs> so to speak, complete the Hallel on Pesach only on the first two days, right? Which is not the case by Sukkot. By Sukkot specifically, we are saying we are saying the complete Hallel all the all the entire days of the Yomtev. So we'll be able to understand it, right? We'll be able to understand it by understanding what is the concept of saying Hallel, right? So we are now nine lines or ten lines from the bottom of the, of the second column, yeah? So the idea of saying the Hallel is based on the concept of the tremendous happiness that we are feeling. And therefore we want to praise Hashem for this unbelievable light and revelation that's taking place, that's coming down from above. Halal also comes from the words namely to light up the, the candles, to, to shine, to cause something to shine. So we see that these two concepts are very, very similar in that they're talking about this tremendous hamshacha, this tremendous light that's coming down. <clears throat> so the Tzemel Sedek has a mimer, which he did once before, right, in Derech Mitzvah which talks about the reading of the Hallel. And it, it asks a number of questions there about why are we saying this, why are we praising Hashem, what's the point of it, where is it coming from? And the mashal that's given over there in Hallel, right, in the mimer over there, is to a person. That when you see a person and you talk about this person, you say in him, wow, this, this person, he's such a wise person, or you're such a wise person, you're so smart, you're so special, you're so warm, you have such an incredible sensitivity to you. What happens? We see that by, by praising a person and bringing out these good points, it actually brings out the good points in a person. It's actually interesting, right? We see, we talk about this a lot in terms of uh, child rearing and uh, raising children. <laughs> Right, not to focus on the negative. That when you focus on the negative, so that's what you bring out. You tell the kid, "Oh, you're, you're, you know, you're doing so badly, or you're doing it." Right, it causes the child to feel that way. Masha came when you when you are focusing on the good points, right? It brings out those good points in in this other person, whether it's a child or another person uh, that your colleague or your friend or whatever. You tell the child, "Look, wow, you did so nicely on the test. You got, uh, you know, you, you did, uh, you know, you got eighty percent right, right? Instead of saying, oh, how, what happened with the twenty percent that you got wrong, right? 
what are you focusing on? It focuses by focusing on these things, we actually bring out these qualities in another person. So Kaviyachal, similarly, we have to say that the similar idea is happening with Hashem with Halel. By praising Hashem, Hashem is, so to speak, bringing out that energy and bringing it down into this world. So by, by, by when we praise Him and we bring out the different special things that Hashem is doing, it's, it's lighting up. He's drawing down that hamshacha. He's drawing down that energy into the world, right? And that then changes around the world. So this is the idea of halal. This is why we say halal. So we say it, Matzad, the idea of the tremendous happiness that we have, that we're so, we're so grateful to be in this situation, wherever we're at, whether we're talking about right, Rosh Chodesh, or we're talking about a Yantif, or we're talking about right, Hanukkah, whatever. And, it, and it, it, it elaborates on this idea of this tremendous light that, that Hashem is going to bring down and brought down at that time, right? Like we say, right? in these days, right? The same idea that we want, that this energy should be, right, also right now, right here in this world, even though it's not 3,000 years ago. So now we say, These two ideas of this idea of praiseworthiness and this idea of lighting something up is really two ideas on one branch. That through this praise, through this halal, we're able to actually draw down this get revelation. Just like we see with the person. When you say about this person, wow, you are such a kind person. It's amazing the kindness that you're showing in this situation. I appreciate it so much. Is it, right? You're actually drawing it out in this person. You're causing the person to want to act this way. Right? It brings it out. Of course the person has it inside of us. Everyone has all these mitos inside of us. The question is, is he going to express this emotion to everyone else around him? So by bringing it out in him, by, by, by speaking about him in this manner, you're actually bringing it out in him. The same idea. This is the idea of the gilu, the revelation that's taking place. So the main idea of reading the Hallel is specifically when we complete the Hallel. We don't do the jumping idea. That's why it's called a mitzvah then. Right? And everyone agrees that we make a bracha. Right? There's a little bit, there's a machlaikis, exactly. Do we say, does everyone say a bracha? Not say a bracha with the, with the diluc situation with, when we're jumping. We're saying a half halal, but by the full halal, everyone says, Asher Kedishanu B'mitzvaiso. That you, right, you commanded us, you, right, you're connecting to us with this mitzvah of halal. Likra is a halal. Masha which is not the case, Kishakarim Oiso B'dilug. So that is not the case when we skip around, like on Rosh Chodesh, where we skip certain paragraphs. In that situation, it's called Nikra Rak Minhag Abosehim Begemara. It's called just the Minhag of our fathers, like it says in the Gemara. So that's what we're doing during the other six days of Pesach. So the obvious question is why? Right? <coughs> I mean, Pesach is like the most important holiday, or at least one of the most important holidays of the whole year. You would imagine for sure that we should be saying the complete halal on Pesach. Like, why, why don't we? Right? That's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a mind-boggling question. 
that when you think about it, I mean, if a person's coming in and saying, okay, like, what do we do special on Yom Kippur? Okay, one of the things we do special is we say Hallel, right? We say it on Shavuos, we say it on Zuchus, we say it on Pesach. No, 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 no. on Pesach, we, we only say it on the first two days. The rest of the days of Pesach, we only say Hachal. What? Like, very strange. Right, 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 like it says, on Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, excuse me, is not a Torah command, right? So if that's the case, it's not understood at all the reason for this. And if you want to say, fine, maybe during Cholomite we shouldn't say it. But at least on the seventh day of Pesach, now that we've explained how incredible the seventh day of Pesach is and what's happening on the seventh day of Pesach, for sure we should be saying the full halal on the seventh day of Pesach. <coughs> at the very least. Because on this day, as we talked about, there's this unbelievable revelation that's taking place that's coming from above the entire chain-like descent of all worlds, from the entire Seder Ishtalshus. So what happened here? So now we can understand it. Because when the Jews came out of Mitzrayim, as we mentioned already a couple of times in this Mimer, they were still in a state of immaturity, of katnus, of smallness, childliness. Because they still did not receive, at that point in time, the Torah mitzvahs. They weren't, they, right? Because they still didn't stand by Harsina. They weren't there yet. That's why, as we mentioned earlier, they're known by the name of Nar. Nar is the idea of a lad, a child. Immaturity, right? There's something lacking here. There's something missing here, right? And that's why, on the other hand, where do we see the great miracles in our history? There's no greater miracles than that took place in such a revealed manner than by Yitzhak Mitzrayim, right? We had the ten plagues, we had Hashem coming. Mamish on the night of Pesach, right? We had all the miracles that happened by the Yamsuf. We had the miracle of the Yamsuf. We had, I mean, this was the most incredible time in terms of revelation. Which was the, these amazing revelations of, of Hashem coming down into this world, right? To literally change the nature. Right? You had the frogs, you had the blood, you had the, right, the hail, right, the fire and the water, the fire and the, and the hail together, the ice and the fire coming out of the same. I mean, every single nace, right, every single maka was an unbelievable miracle, right? And then all the miracles that took place afterwards as well. However, despite the fact that <clears throat> they were able to see these miracles. They weren't in a mature enough state to be able to macabre them, to receive them in an internalized way. That's the idea. So he gives an, a, an example of this. The example that he's going to explain, that he's going to say, is from the idea of a relationship of a father to a little child. With a father and a little child, on the one hand, what you see is tremendous revelation of the father's love for this child. The child is being picked up in the father's hands. The father is hugging the child. The father is lifting up the child. The child is playing with the father's beard. The child is right. He's rocking the child. He's moving. Yeah. 
it's you see the love you see the love i mean you can't you can't miss it on the other hand what's the real connection there between the father and the child it's a very superficial connection on the outside at least what we're seeing obviously there's this internal connection that we talked about earlier in the mimer of a father and a child there it's like the child is the leg of the father but on the other hand there's no real relationship per se when we talk about relationships contrast that with a child who's now 21 and the father a child that is now right he's not yet married but now there's a deep relationship where they discuss things they bring together they have long walks together, they talk together, they speak on the phone, they discuss all different inyanim, all the different concepts, that are, ideas that are going on with the child, even the ideas that are going on with the parent. So you don't see that the, the father is lifting up the child and you know, hugging the child and kissing the child you know, when he's 21 all the time. But the relationship is a totally different relationship. It's a very deep relationship. It's something that is not necessarily tangible to the outer eye but it's it's a much more panemistic it's much more real relationship between the father and the son at that point in time and that's the same idea that's the muscle for what we're talking about here on the one hand when we were going out of Mitzrayim there was all the incredible fanfare there was the, all the incredible uh, miracles that were taking place over there so on the outside we were able to see it clearly with our own two eyes these incredible miracles but the relationship was not the same type of relationship. That's what we've been talking about throughout the entire Mimer. That it was a level, there was a level of emuna that was there. There was a level of emuna that was there, but this emuna was in a certain way in a childlike state, right? Because we never, we did not receive the Torah mitzvahs yet. Since we did not receive the Torah mitzvahs yet, we were lacking in that connection, in that developed relationship that you see. Just like we see with the child who's 21 with the parent. When the child is 21 with the parent, all of a sudden now you have a real relationship. Now it's based on something much more, much more eternal in a certain way than just conversation, just, uh, just the, the child being picked up